Merkel Media. I'm here to support President Trump. You want to know why I'm here to support President Trump? Because it'll be a black man like this for decades. Make up charges. So I know Trump is innocent. I support Trump against his corrupt two-tier justice system. That's why I'm here to show my support as a black man for Trump. And I wear my shirt, niggas, for Trump 2024, and I mean that. It's going around the country, you know, Fanny, Fanny Willis, she's a, uh, she went to school with my sister, she's full of, she feels full of, so she's a puppet for the white liberal, and that is controlling everything, she's in front, but the white liberal back there putting on strings telling her what to do, that's what I think about her, making a fool of herself. it's going to help you Of course it is, going to elevate him on I think we should make Trump feel, that's how I feel. Welcome to Kill the Mockingbirds with your host, Sean Chris and Joel Thomas. Let's get it started, man. You know, right away, we got to amp it up, huh, man? Like, it was, I think people are going to know what we're talking about, but not know what we're talking about yet. <laughs> yeah, man, it's going to be a really good episode. Uh, before we get all that, though, let's get a little house keeping out of the way. Make sure you guys are going to killthemockingbirds.com. We've got a lot going on there. And I'm going to have some good stuff up from this episode in the distance information section for you guys to check out. So we've got a lot going on up there. A lot of PDF files, a lot of documents. That's mainly what I put in the disinformation section. It's not articles, really. You might catch one if it's real important, but for the most part, it's going to be actual document, bills, stuff for you guys to check out that's legitimate, that holds the test of time. So you guys can go to and point to somebody and say, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is legit. This person signed off on this executive order. This is what it means. So that's why we do that. Also, check out the merchandise. We've got the Nephilim Portal Baby shirts. Apparently, since I told everybody that I made the mistake on the shipping, people went in and bought like right after that same day. So that's really good. Make sure you check those out. We still got the butt cheeks tight shirts and we've got the bird killer shirts with the brat, brat on the back. And we're brewing up a couple new ones. Like, don't worry, we're not we're not stopping with the uh, ideas of new shirts. But to me, that por- that Nephilim Portal Babies one, man, that's uh, that's fire right there, man. And it's going to get keep getting fire and fire. And it's in four different colors, so you guys can't, you know, miss with that one. Uh, as we always do, go give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Go give us a five-star review on Spotify. 
guys are slacking. Some of you are. Some of you guys are killing it, too. I know Apple's got a weird algorithm. Yeah, I was just going to say, too. And it seems like, because we check other charts and stuff, and it's like, man, Apple's like 12 to 15 behind sometimes. You're like, man, I, like they're slow. Yeah, and I actually was talking to Justin from Crypts of the Corn. He said that a lot of those are from overseas, and he said they take longer to get in the system is what's happening. So that could be true, too. But make sure you guys go, because this is my thing. We've got thousands upon thousands of listeners every week. And I'm like, you guys can jump it up a little bit. Get that algorithm going by giving us a five-star review right now while you're listening. But for the people that have been doing it, which every week we have people doing it, we're going to read some of those right now. We're going to read some from Apple. We've got Brooke Bailey finally started listening. After hearing about these guys forever from other podcasts, I'm finally listening and they're added to my new faves. Thanks, guys. Thank you, too, Brooke. We really appreciate it. We've got Jay Roberts, 44. Great. Love the shows. You said you're doing a show on Trump. I believe they are two wings of the same bird. Remember the snake story that Trump read? Well, you're in luck today. You're in luck today, <laughs> Jay Roberts. You're in luck today. Get ready. Uh, we're going to jump to Spotify now. We've got Hayden Grieve. Episode was a banger as usual. I can't remember where I read it. I'm still looking for it, but it was a manifest that showed like a ton of TNT being sent to two cities a week before the bomb. So this was during the nuclear episode that we did. So appreciate that a lot, Hayden. Uh, I haven't read that actually. So that's something I'll go, I'll go look at. Appreciate you helping us out there. We've got Kefa Rose. Love the podcast. Need to point out though, Joel, get your butt cheeks tight. Luddy went to Australia, not New Zealand. Okay, so Kefa Rose, you are right. And if I said New Zealand on the show, I apologize. I did know it was Australia. As a matter of fact, I've got the story of Luddy McCode up on the website. I've had it up there for a month and a half. And I was on a podcast recently. I can't remember if it was Shadow Band or uh, Floating Mushroom, where I was actually talking about it being in Australia. So that was just a, a mind a mind fart on my part if I did say or was it a Mandela effect maybe somebody else heard you say Australia I don't know <laughs> it could be when the uh, octave switching on uh, Spotify where it's changing tone it's switching into the Mandela effects uh, we've got Robert Sorg Drager and this was off the last episode we did about Maui am I the only one that knows the entire Hawaiian islands are an ever active volcano with a ton of exclamation points? The fires may have started from the fact molten rock pukes out of the ground. Well there, Mr. Robert, I've got a little info for you there. Um, I don't think that that could be possible. The reason why is that magma, um, it, it is the closest to the surface of any place on earth in the Hawaiian islands, but we're still talking about 2.5 miles under the surface. The closest volcano to Lahaina is the Haleaka National Park, which is the Haleakala volcano. And that is almost 40 miles away. So if you're saying that it was cracking into the earth, it would have to have cracked up almost two and a half miles to start these fires, um, which I just don't see as possible. Also, why would the government hide that? That's a perfect, 
perfect out for climate change. I think what uh, happened though, because I, I I'm gonna have to find the video to show you because I've seen some videos that like so there is video of where the wind is whipping. It's like really whipping, and the I from what I'm looking at, and this is just me. Like obviously I wasn't there, but it, it's on the floor, the fire, and it's pushing the fire because obviously wind moves fire, and I think that that may look to some people. As if it's like lava cracking into it because it's on the it's actually on the surface of the ground. You know what I'm saying? But the wind is whipping it. It's almost looking like lines. You know what yeah, I mean? I've seen that, but that's not. So I think that lava. No, I'm just saying I think that's what, no, I agree. But I think that's what the misinterpretation, because if you looked at the video, some of the wind looks like smoke. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying I can. I think that is some of the misinterpretation. Plus, it's like an old sentiment that people think that like like Hawaii is just a giant volcano. That's like yeah. old school. And listen, there's two major volcanoes on that island. Um, the Haleakala, which I just mentioned, is the only active one, though. So the other one's not even active. It's it's like in a, it, it's been dormant for, and they're telling us 320,000 years. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just saying it's it's a dormant uh, volcano. And we're but again, we're talking about a volcano that's 40 miles away from where this incident happened. So now we're talking about the earth would have had to have cracked upwards of 2.5 miles for that to happen. So that would have been reported. And also that's an easy out for the government to say, like, see, see climate change is messing the earth up. That would have been perfect to do that. So I just think that Robert here, love you guy, but you're probably one of the geopolitical guys that probably wasn't too happy about all the, uh, chocolate reminds me of that rock song where they're like, Hey, what a nice shot, man. <laughs> like, <nice> shot. <laughs> I'm tired of these chakra bobs and talking about bebonas. They don't exist. They don't exist. It's a, it's a natural occurrence. Ah, thanks, Obama. <laughs> but, we, but we do appreciate the comments regardless. And we've been getting a ton of great ones in. We appreciate it, guys. Uh, keep pushing them in. Uh, keep Keep telling us what you think. I mean, obviously, if we're wrong, which uh, old girl Rose called me out and said that I said New Zealand, which I probably did, uh, just not thinking because it's Queensland, Australia. And maybe that's where my mind was thinking and I just didn't say it. So it's all good. Um, but, but if you want to give live comments, you could go October 6th, 7th and 8th, 8 Ohio, 40 and Airwaves. Get your tickets if you haven't yet. Killthemockingbirds.com. It's right there on the front page. And while you're there, stop by, check out some of the music, or even on that right above it, the link I think still has some uh, the Shape of Shadows, right? Take you to the Shape of Shadows, which I don't think it's released yet. I think the VIP might be over by now, but it should be streaming. And if it's not streaming by this time, it will be shortly after. Yeah, it should be streaming on Vimeo on demand. I know that's going to go up first before it hits Apple TV and Amazon Prime and Tubi and all the major ones. Uh, it'll hit Vimeo on demand first. So you will be able to get it and you can stream it on your smart TV or whatever too. So it's a very easy process to do. Um, so yeah, appreciate it guys. And we always ask you to go check out the music, Sean, Chris, Joe Thomas on all music streaming platforms. And I know people are like, just get to it already, man. You guys been talking forever. I will build a great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. Yeah. Mark my words. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> if you can't tell, man, we're, we're going to... 
it's just interesting. We had already talked about this because if you've noticed, the polarization of the political parties is back, full effect. And I said it, and we said it a while ago, right when I saw the FBI, uh, uh, in the, uh, the first FBI raid, before the indictments, uh, remember everything was kind of getting calm. People were just like, yeah, Joe Biden sucks. Uh, Trump, whatever, we can try to find someone new. And then there kind of was them dangling DeSantis in front of people and they were dazzled by uh, Rhonda DeSantis. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then after the raid, he got all these indictments. We already talked about talking about this and just so happens the day we're recording this, the day before was the Tucker Carlson uh, Trump interview, which was also the Republican debates. And I think, like you said, we'll start off with the Tucker Carlson because there's we're going to break down more about Donald Trump because I, like, nobody wants to do it. Like, little dancing around, they want to say, oh, you know, but he's a good guy or we have to think of only positive. We can't bring up any negative aspects whatsoever or this kind of the same thing uh, with the Barack Obama. And I can't prove this, but just by talking to people, I wish I had a real poll. I believe. That most of the people voting for Trump also voted for Barack Obama. I don't doubt that. And I've actually heard that out of people's mouths. So it's it's pretty crazy. I think they're both charismatic guys and people gravitate to that. People gravitate to somebody who's brash or has a really good um, orator skills. So that's, you know, they're, they're both very good at that. Uh, Trump says a lot of dumb stuff but that's part of his brand and people like that so you know he he got here on on tucker carlson during the the republican uh nominee debates and he did his own thing which honestly i think was super smart man i think it was one of the actual smartest moves he ever did uh one he's 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 leaning into the new age he's leaning into how people watch this stuff man nobody watches these mainstream media sources anymore really nobody cares about that he literally went on tucker's show on twitter that was the only place that i was streaming that you could watch it at the time and he's basically bashes the old guard media during that whole uh i wouldn't even say a debate because it was more of a tucker carlson was sycophanting up to him the whole time and he kind of reminded me softballing. of <laughs> he reminded me of like uh, Duncan Trussell too. He's like, oh, amazing! Yeah, yeah. Wow, he was doing he that. Left like him a- off the hook. Left him off the hook on a lot of things. A lot of stuff. I have one clip. I'll play that last, but I wanted to talk about a little bit. He he. Uh, in this clip, we'll talk a little bit about it. It's about the Bushies. He's like, oh, the Bush. Uh, no disrespect to the Bush family. Uh, they bring up the CIA. He dances around that, kind of like. Yep. Uh, praises them for a while, but then kind of go, yeah, well, there was some bad aspects of it, but because of this, but I got rid of Comey and you're like, Comey, okay, that, I think that was FBI, right? Wasn't Comey in the FBI, not even in the CIA, to, from my understanding? Comey was, that's a good question, man, because last time I was looking into it, he was in CIA, so in my, it could be, he was CIA, so the thing about Comey was Trump fired him, and oh, he was FBI. So it was FBI then. Yep. Okay. Okay. He was the director of the of the FBI. So yeah, he fired him. And 
so that's why I was saying it had nothing to do with the CIA when when Tucker brought that up, and it was kind of like weird. Like it's like, well, bro, like I don't got nothing to do with nothing. Like, what's your point? You know? And then he talks about like they go, oh, what? A, like Hillary Clinton gets brought up, and he's like, oh, it's not crooked Hillary anymore. It's crooked Joe Biden because you know you can't have two, whichever the hell that meant. Like you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> no, yeah, he he definitely went on a whole you know tirade. I thought really interesting, though, was Tucker really leaned into the Jeffrey Epstein's death part a lot. He now, according to Tucker, he doesn't think that he killed himself, but he asked Trump what he thought. And Trump said that he doesn't know about Epstein's death, but he knew he he knew of him being a figure in Palm Beach. Like, Trump, we all know you hung out with Epstein. There's pictures of it. Um, Also. Tucker asked why Bill Barr was covering up the death of Epstein, which we all know Bill Barr was said to do an investigation on it, never did, and just kind of push it off the side. But then, of course, Trump used that as a catalyst to say that, well, that's classic Bill Barr because he didn't do an investigation of the election fraud either, even though he said he was going to do it. Well, let me play that clip because I have that exact clip what you're saying right now. Let me just play it real quick. So that way they could be like, he said it some great people. I had great people. We'll have even better people if we do this, because now I know Washington before I didn't know Washington. But guys like Bill Barr were terrible. I mean, they were, I would say, Bushies. Uh, I say that with respect to the Bush family, but they were Bushies. And uh, just it doesn't work out for us. It was clear. This is kind of far afield, but it was just interesting. I read Barr's account of his time. He wrote a book about it, right? uh, his autobiography. And in it, he lies about Jeffrey Epstein's death. Clearly lies. Uh, do, you, do you think Epstein killed himself sincerely? I don't know. I, I will say that, you know, he was a fixture in Palm Beach. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Barr said about it either. I have no idea what he said. What did he say? He killed himself, probably? He said he killed way. himself and that they were going to do this investigation. They never did the investigation. It's never been yeah. public. Well, and they hid it. And, like, why are they doing that? He and clearly Barr knew but why would Bill Barr be covering up the death of Jeffrey Epstein? Uh, Bill Barr didn't do an investigation on the election fraud either, okay? He said he did, and he pretended he did, but he didn't. Uh, uh, McSwain, the U.S. attorney in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, uh, said Barr, Barr just wouldn't let <laughs> so him do it. Like it was crazy. Said he kind of spun it off uh, for his favor of where he was like, well, you know, yeah, you're right. He didn't look at But he really shook off that whole Epstein comment that i found it really interesting if you see his body language it's like he was really pushing to get away from that subject and he put it straight back to bar instead of like yeah you know the jeffrey epstein's like yeah what happened did he like what is he like uh kill himself or something was it s esteen like you know like when someone knows the thing and they're trying to like what was it what are you saying jeffrey i'm not sure man but uh yeah yeah bill bar's a bad guy yeah, and Trump said outright he doesn't think that Epstein was killed. He's like, oh, it could be possible. He's like, but I believe it was suicide. Um, he does say that there's a case that could be made that he killed himself. And it made me think of the guys that are always screaming about the white hats and how you know we're going to be saved. This is a classic Trump uh, shirking the question and moving to something else where they're going to be like cc has to do that he has to do that because if he says what's really going on then then look bro they'll, they'll take him down he's playing through 5d chess bro so what he's doing is he's going to jail right now 
And then he's going to go fight a case because when he does that, they're going to put everything on Discovery, bro. And then they got him. But supposedly they already got him. So what's going to happen is that the people can't accept it, bro. So they, he has to do with it. I know I get tired of that same logic over and over. We hear he has to do it this way. And we used to hear the same thing about like politicians before Trump, right? Before Trump. And not not that he's the all bad either. I'm not saying he's the worst. Ever. Is it possible? Sure. But to me, it's the same old, same old where we go, oh, voting for the lesser of two evils. Oh, that's how politicians have to do the, they have to lie to you, man. Cause what do you mean? They got to lie to me. Tell me the truth. And I thought it was funny too. That member Tucker's like, what's happened next? Do they got to kill you? Like, you know dude, I mean? you were, I was actually just about to go there. Cause he starts it off. He builds that. He builds it. They're building him into like a martyr. Cause he said they started with the protest. Then they tried you with two impeachments. Those didn't work. Now they're trying with the indictment. And he's like, What's next, man? They're going to try to kill you? And he didn't say it just one time. He brought it up about three times during that entire interview. And I'm like, man, that's kind of crazy. Plus, he and Donald Trump used the term conspiracy theorist during this interview because there was one where Tucker was like, I'm not a conspiracy person at all. I believe everything I hear, like real sarcastic and saying like, no, I actually believe in conspiracies. And then Trump was also talking about, he said, yeah, I guess you're labeled a conspiracy theorist if you say the election is rigged, which it is. So he kept saying over and over that the election was rigged. He's still buckling down like harder on that, even though this whole indictment's about, you know, a rigged election. But he, he did, he doubled down even more on the election being rigged, and it was the perfect whoa, 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 form whoa, whoa. for it. What'd you say? Rigged? I don't have to cancel you, bro. You can't be saying, you know Riggers. what that rhymes with. Riggers. You know what that rhymes with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man. you're absolutely right. They, they painted him into this martyr light, um, and he let everybody off the hook. No vax was ever talked about. No nope. operation warp speed. I'm sure that I, I assume I knew they weren't going to, I think that like his people talked to Tucker's people, whatever. And they were like, probably gave him a list of what you can and can't talk about happens all the time. It's not something new. And Tucker's like, yeah, I'm going to take it. Cause he wants to he, bare minimum. He wants revenge on Fox. And he's like, okay, this is the Republican debate. I'm about to blow him out the water because I got Trump. Like, that's obviously going to get more views than anything the Republicans did yesterday. And they blasted Fox up the whole time, too. And Trump was at the gate blasting Fox, which you could tell Tucker was really loving. So then they really leaned into the fact that Fox is just as bought out as the other mainstream media sources. You know, he was talking about uh, MSNBC and all these other ones. But, of course, a good bit of it, though, he leaned in on you know, making fun of Biden. I mean, some of it was pretty funny, not going to lie. He was like, mentally, he's not there, but physically, he's not a triathlete or any kind of athlete. <laughs> and then he was talking about he couldn't lift a beach chair. And he's like, you know, they're meant to be light. They weigh about so there's two, two ounces. <laughs> yeah. And then Tucker's like, skinny legs, skinny legs. <laughs> and he went like this, like with his finger, like you pick him up like this, bro. He's like, <laughs> and even they, he goes, he said nine wonders. I mean, he meant seven, but I mean, he should have just stuck with nine. Like he's, <laughs> here's another one though you know how you were mentioning how he backed off of hillary and he even praised the bushes here's another one that he praised that i was very shocked about was gavin newsom 
He says he got along with Gavin Newsom very well. He also talked him up and said he's well-articulated, good-looking. He said, as opposed to Biden, who's just waiting to collapse, he brought up Gavin Newsom as being the kind of maybe the front runner if Biden doesn't run because he pushed Kamala to the side. He's like, listen, the only he said he's going to die. He said that Biden's probably going to die. He did. And he talked about he's like, and of course, they're not going to run Kamala. He's like, because he's like, she's just as bad as Biden when she gets on the microphone. He's like, and we all know why she's in there, alluding to the fact that she's of color. That's why they put her in there because she's a woman, female, all that. Et cetera, et cetera. He said that she speaks in rhyme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of funny, man. The bus will go here. The bus will go there. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Trump's a funny guy. And he's also leaning into his character pre-2016. So he's leaning back into He's that. going back. Yeah, he is, because that's the character that got him in the first time. And he backed off of that character because, again, I don't think that he was he was not presenting himself to win because he wasn't supposed to win. Now, they needed to present that the election was stolen to get everybody riled up for this election. That's the whole point. They needed to tear it down. And I'm on board with you, too, about how I think Trump's going to bring in this like totalitarianism that's going to come with it, because there's been a lot of these big cities riddled with crime because of defunding the police and all the stuff that happened with Biden in office. He's going to come in with a, in a stronger arm of the law, which everybody's going to be on board with, at least initially. And they're not going to realize what that's going to mean, because if the feds get involved and make it some sort of federal police state, that's not going to be good for anybody. I don't know if people understand that, that, you know, just because you don't like the other side, they still have the freedoms to think the way they want to think, right? Not everything is awful from the other side. So what ends up happening is you invite uh, totalitarianism, you invite control. And I think that that's what they're going to do because you have to accept it. The easiest control that they can put on you is the stuff that you accept. And I think Trump's going to be a big part of that. And I think as we go through this piece about Trump today, and we're going to break down a lot today, guys. This is just like the starter. We're going to talk about him and Tucker, but we're going to break down his past. We're going to break down, you know, the occult later on, too. We're going to break down everything he's been a part of that no one wants to talk about in this conspiratorial world. We have not heard anybody do this yet. And you know why? Because they're scared of losing their followers. They're scared of losing their fans. <laughs> I can tell you right now, we're letting our balls drop today, y'all. Butt cheeks, get them tight. And I think people know that. <laughs> get them tight. And I think people know that too, because we are always going to be us, man. These ain't characters. When you, if you go to Fortnite Airwaves, you know what I mean. You'll see this is who we are. We're gonna bring facts that we think is true, and we've said from like forever already now, over a year for sure. We're trying to take down the idols. Don't idolize anybody. Not me. Not Joel. Not Trump. Not Elon. And none of them. And especially these people you don't know. If you, you don't know us me, personally. Though. Just make a little character. Make sure there's enough red hair on on his face, and then have a nice little shrine for him too. So it's all good. Oh, uh, shout out to uh, some ginger loving though that Oliver Anthony guy. I just found out today. Just I wanted to mention this to you, and I was like, ah, might, might as well mention it now. I guess like I didn't know that he gave his life to uh, to the Lord thirty days before he even like had that whole song finished and everything, and then like to get clean and sober. I was like, so good for him. And that's, uh, that was a good story. Like, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that's cool. And then like, I heard they try to like buy stuff out. But I just want to tell you that. Cause I know you would get, uh, I didn't know if you heard that already. 
Yeah, I had actually, and my mom sent that to me uh, a few days back, and yeah, it was really cool. And he was actually a big time uh, Gnostic uh, anarchist before that, so he was always kind of against the government for sure. Yeah, yeah, but he I was think right there. He, yeah, I think he was like that. He just kind of finally went all the way over the edge and realized, like, hey, there's hope. I think that's the part that a lot of people get stuck in. There's no hope. So I think people misunderstand you and I when we talk about Trump and politics. Like, oh, because you don't like Trump, you're just a doomer and you're popping black pills and you think there's no hope. Like, no, that's not what we're saying. We're just saying the system's broken. And if you keep buying into the same system that's broken, you're going to keep recycling the same thing over and over, but it's just going to keep getting worse. And that's what they want. They're going to keep presenting these idols to you and keep pushing the goalpost. And Trump is a Trojan horse. He definitely is. And we're not going to back down from saying that. Nothing he said last night changed my mind. If anything, it made me think it even more. And then the more research that we've done into him, which most people won't do, I'm going to tell you right now, this podcast community, that's part of the reason some guys in the podcast community don't mess with us. They won't because they're scared if they get us on their show that we will run their followers and fans off because they don't want to hear the stone cold facts and truth. Like we're going to speak today. We've got documents and facts that we're going to talk about today when it comes to Donald Trump. And I think that people get it twisted because we hear a lot of like, well, if we, if they had dirt on them, we hear it already. You hear what the media wants you to hear. The M5M, the Mockingbird media, they tell you, what they want to tell you. And they create these characters. Like just for instance, I heard someone saying about the polls. Uh, I think it was Whitney Webb. It was an older episode of, I think Tim Paul and she was on there and she was talking about how she believes, you know, the polls are bullshit, which we all know. Like we don't even know anybody that's ever been polled. And you know, they were saying Hillary was going to win and Trump won. And she goes, I think they wanted everybody to think, ah, Hillary won hopes lost. But I think the other way, I think, that they knew people were rabid, hated Hillary, and they were like, wanted to keep like, ah, she's a 90 points, you know, she's like 90% ahead. She's going to win no matter what. There's no way she, so then it rallies people up. It, it, it pushes you that opposite way. And I think that's what happens with this whole Trump optics because people think like, okay, he's a good guy. He said crap about Nancy Pelosi, talked about draining the swamp. And then when you see that he got into power, he did not drain the swamp, you know, he, he literally put the swamp in and then you could say he was, you know, a buffoon or, or a green bean, right? Green around the edges. Like he didn't know. I get it. He's an outsider, supposedly maybe a Washington outsider, but this elite outsider really baffles me because if you follow his family tree, like I was telling you before we started this, he's related. I think it's like his second cousin or something like that. I don't, don't quote me on that, but he's related to the Heinz family. <laughs> That's a prominent family. Uh, John Kerry's married to one of the heiresses, I think, of the Heinz family. So to act as these people don't just hang around. And do you think they the whole time Donald Trump was just like, oh, man, like the outside, you know, the black sheep of the elites. And they're like, he's like, I'm going to get you one day. He's getting bullied. No, he was with them. Chummy. Uh, the Clintons and him were very close. I know people already know all this. He went to Chelsea's wedding and we've said it. He was close and looked up to uh, one of his uh, mentors was Hugh Hefner. And if you've listened to the episode we did about him, he's a scumbag. He is a Jeffrey Epstein type. So then you see him associated with Jeffrey Epstein. How many bad people do you have to be associated with until you are 
guilty by association. Here, here's my issue with that, Sean, before we start taking the deep dive on who Trump's really been associated with. If you listen to people that back Trump, they do the exact opposite with people they don't like. So if it's Trudeau, they'll be quick to say all of his friends have gotten caught for being pedophiles, which they have. He's like, he's got to be one too. You know, it's the company you keep. Well, you got to say the same thing about your guy too. It is the company you keep. He can't have just been stupid to everybody he was hanging around that was doing all the stuff. You can't be chums with the Clintons and not know something they're doing. You can't be chums with Jeffrey Epstein and not know something he's got going on. You know, the funniest one I've ever heard about Epstein and him being at the island was him getting to the island being like, oh, I didn't know this was going on here. Well, I got to get out of here and never associate with him again. Like, come on, man. Like, they've been seen at parties together. Like, they live in these socialite circles. Well, a big, a big one, too, is that they say that uh, Trump is the only one, I guess, like, in the Florida case, that supposedly Trump is the only one talked to the lawyer and gave him good evidence i don't that that's the other one that floats around all the time that they think that that's the for certain but there was an article written in uh i think it was a uk magazine or anything but it said basically the men that made jeffrey epstein um rich was wexler gates and trump so that's a fact three that is a fact and i've read it myself i've actually got it in my notes today that I was looking over, uh, that's a fact. And he was close to all of them. And it, it, he, Trump, backed him with a lot of money. Now, again, we don't know to the extent of what he did with Epstein. Now, there's a lot of proof, and we're going to show some of that proof today, even an interview today from one of the females. There's a lot of proof that Trump did some very sordid things with underage women, with Epstein involved. This is a fact. So don't think, that he is just this outsider that has nothing to do with these elites, these Rockefellers, Rothschilds, which we're about to get into now on how he even got started business-wise um, as well. I mean, in 1987, he bought his first casino interest when he purchased 93% of the voting stock in the resort's international gambling concern. So that that was a big gambling organization but it was backed by the Rothschilds and Rockefeller families and their enforcers were the Central Intelligence Agency and its allied intelligence agency Israel's Mossad so you had the CIA Mossad running muscle for a company that Trump bought that was actually a front for the Rockefellers and Rothschilds. So they allowed him to buy that so he could be the face of what they wanted to push in the casino industry. It was also reported that they were illegally rigged casinos. They were being operated with the collusion of, quote-unquote, respectable politicians, law enforcement officials, Wall Street financiers, and they floated loans to finance the gambling resorts and high-profile gambling resort operators themselves. So you're telling me that Trump, who everyone on that side worships right now, did this, got in bed with the Rockefellers and Rothschilds 
with the CIA and Mossad running muscle for him. These are all facts, guys. You can look this up. This is not something that you have to dig that hard to find. You can find this on Google. This is a known fact that he took over an organization that was run by these people. They want, listen, they're not letting you buy it if you're not playing ball with them. This is how he made his money. So you're telling me from 1987, somewhere in the 90s, early 2000s, he's like, I don't have anything to do with these elites anymore. After he made all this money, after they bailed him out of, of bankruptcy, with Wilbur Ross. Uh, and he was like, I think he was the executive or CEO of Rothschilds Inc. for like 24, 30 years, something around that nature. And then he puts him after he, he bails him out. I think it's 1989 where like he, yeah, he bailed him out because he was going into bankruptcy. They didn't want to see that happen because he's a face. Because what people don't realize when you talk about, even though we have that whole debate about the Oprah episode, we still haven't been able to find it. I still would love if anybody has the Oprah episode that Trump is on, please. Please send it. I would love to see it. But There's no full the, one. You can't find the full episode no, you anywhere. Can't. And I'm telling you, that's why I keep saying that he said what he said. Because as we've dug for this episode, how much how much was just absolutely wiped clear of the internet that you can't find a Trump anymore being involved with this stuff? And you can't say that that stuff doesn't happen because if you go back to the 9-11 um, videos of the day of news reports... It's hard to find. I mean, they're archived and you got to dig if you know where you're looking. But like if you're not going to find that on just any average YouTube uh, where they're talking about bombs on the Washington Bridge or or the Mossad agents, the Israeli students cheering and all that kind of stuff. And there is stuff you can dig up. Like, that's why I think it's funny as well. Like Wilbur Ross bailed him out. He puts him inside of his cabinet, who's part of the swamp, because the swamp is not just politicians or people in these politician circles. It's these elites and Wilbur Ross is one of those people. And obviously nobody likes to talk about it. They want to keep it up, brush it under the rug. And there's other strange things that Trump has said like over the years. And that's why I brought the Oprah thing up is because whether he said that or not, doesn't matter. Uh, in my opinion, what matters is that they, if you've noticed, there's been these points in history where they've brought him out and they've soft peddled him to the public. Now they did not release it at that time, but they soft peddled it with Oprah. And then like he, he would be heavy Democrats. He, he had a lot of democratic values. I would say like, you know, pro choice, uh, um, which is nothing wrong with whatever you want to believe in. It's the flip flopping. That's bad for me. And then you talk about how he, Oh, I hate the UN and NATO. They're garbage. That's what he says. And now, and, and you could change your mind. Don't get me wrong. But to me, this is not a mind change. This is 2005. This, he said, I have to start by saying that I'm a big fan, a very big fan of the United Nation and all it stands for. That's crazy, bro. That's like a huge like uh, flip-flop. And then to go now, the United, the United Nations is not a friend of democracy. It's not a friend to freedom. It's not even a friend to the United States of America. He switched and that, that's what? 10 years, 10, 12 years, whatever, like the uh, outcome. He's already past his 60s. I'm not saying people can't change, but it's just very weird that he would do that, especially when you go back to like older videos. He was very heavily and looking at his finances, donating to Democrats, right? He donated to Democrats. He uh, pushed Democrat values. He kind of like 
would go after Republicans somewhat. And he would say, hey, I'm from New York. You know, what do you expect? I'm a Democrat. And then all of this whole switch of now he's the working class hero. And that's where from the get go for me, not even on any occultic level, not on any conspiratorial level, just on a basis level of me seeing it through the years. Because what people tell me is they go, yeah, well, you didn't like him because, uh, you know, the media told you not to like him. And I said, no, that's not true, because the media, when I was growing up, the media was shoving him down my throat wanted me to like him. He was in Home Alone, he, The Apprentice Show, uh, tons of different documentaries. WWE! Uh, WWE! Yeah, the lifestyles of the rich and famous, right? Like, you you saw this guy everywhere. He tried his own football. He tried to start out his own football league. I mean, he didn't start it, but he was one of the people starting at the USFL to, to compete with the NFL. But really what happened was because he was bitter because he couldn't get an NFL team. Like, it's a whole other stuff. But that's another one where they try to say, see, see, they didn't let him in the club. And it's like, oh, man, you don't know that. That doesn't mean he's not part. Of, there's multiple clubs, multiple right. mafias. It's not just this one like, oh, man, if you're not. I know we go with the George Carlin. The It's a big club, but you ain't in it. Yeah, no, for sure. But we could even take this back a little bit further, Sean, to let you know the setup and how I think he's just willing to play ball with the club. He doesn't really care about right or left. I don't think he really does. And yet he played Democrat when he needed to early on, but now he's playing Republican because it it's more beneficial. It, it's part of the role that they set up for him. They probably told him this 30 years ago. I mean, listen, we always joke about the Simpsons, but there is some truth to it. There's There's been some things that have been showcased that he was going to run for president. It's it's always been in the air. Hell, hell during the Oprah Winfrey interview which you the parts you can see that's what he's talking about she's asking him about it would he ever run for president so we do know that it has been in the ether him possibly running for president for a long time but we're talking about the company that he bought sean it started out as a cia front in the 1950s from then cia director alan dulles and his close associate New York Governor Thomas Dewey. And they had a political functionary, which was the so-called Rockefeller Republican wing of the GOP. So you had the Rockefellers, I love how they said it, wing of the GOP. It didn't mean that the Rockefellers didn't have people in on the left wing too, but he worked for that particular part of the GOP. And they started it out as the Mary Carter Paint Company which was actually Munder Laundering Company. And they used it to arm the anti-Castro Cuban exiles. There was a lot of stuff going on in the late 1950s, early 1960s. With and this- around the 50s, to go back a little bit, though, before you go, uh, maybe you are going to this, but it, what about his smart uncle, right? Yeah. Dr. John. Like, w- with the whole Tesla in the 1950s, uh, uh, the National Defense Research stuff, like, that's all tangled together. Yeah, he worked for with sure. the FBI. For sure. And we and we know that his uncle got a hold of all of Tesla's inventions. We don't know what happened to him. Uh, the Trumps own it. Trump himself owns it. So we know that he has access to probably technology that's you know beyond our comprehension because of that. But as it trickles down, this Mary Carter Paint officially changes its name to the Resorts International. And then it began its massive international expansion. So that's when it really started being pushed. David Rockefeller, 
who was the head of the Rockefeller financial empire. He provided his family's clout and CIA and global banking connections to assist the operation. Um, you had uh, Tipper Rosenbaum, who was not only the Mossad's Swiss-based chief financier behind the covert arms deals, but was also the head of the Bank de Credit International of Geneva to push the European money laundering scheme on that end of it. Then you had Baron Edmund Rothschild of the European, European banking family and personal business partner of, of Rosenbaum's. And he helped Rosenbaum fund the Mossad-related ventures ranging all over the world. This is what Trump bought. 93% of this company with all of those guys dumping money left and right, CIA, Mossad, all of this money, money laundering going on around the globe. And you're telling me that this guy is here to help you. He's your savior. He's your safe. Get your butt cheeks tight. Get him tight today. You can't tell me he is. No way, man. Like I said, the connection with the Trump, like like you have his uncle there. Then you'll have him just happen to buying uh, just a casino gambling uh, uh, front, a CIA Mossad front (laughs) where they're the muscle. You know what I mean? They're 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 probably embezzling that money for who knows what, for different uh, things to spy on you, us, you know what I mean? Using the yes. technology against us. And there's no proof, in my opinion, except speculation that he is actually here to save the working class. Well, he's not here for me because to me, he's here to destroy the working class and push us into the new age. I, I just want to hear someone's explanation for the stuff we've said. Nobody will ever give me a good explanation. They always skirt around the issue. These are stone cold, hard facts we've given you so far today. And we're about to give you a lot more. And so just to uh, go a little bit more, he said to the uh, wall street journal, this is a quote, a straight quote from the wall street journal. Hey, I'm a nationalist and a globalist. <laughs> That's what he is. Yes. Because he he's rallying us to like keep his support and do his thing. But he is really loyal to, like you said earlier, the central banks, the 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 global economy. He talks about that a lot. And to piggyback off of you there, um the Rothschilds supported front men like Ross and Trump because they did extremely well in the worlds of finance and politics. And the whole point of them investing, and I say investing in Trump, was for the future. You know how Trump's always talking about bringing back jobs to America will help industries like steel and textiles. You know what that's actually doing? That's increasing the wealth for people like him and Ross and all the people that have got that kind of money invested in those ventures because they want that money in their pockets. So yeah, hey, if I can help you to help me, I'll make myself look good. And that's the truth. And that's the truth. Uh, the difference between Trump not being an establishment, and this is this is the key. The difference is that establishment is one based on international banking interests. It's not based on the interest of domestic American elites. So your domestic American elites are like your Jebs, the Mitts, the Teds, Hillary's. Those are your domestic American elites. Trump 
is a notch above. I think that's where people really don't understand where Trump's at. Trump is in a whole, whether, whatever you want to call it, Zionist, whatever word you want to use to define that, Kazarian Mafia, however you want to word it, he's in that sphere. That's why he seems like an outsider to everybody here in America, because he is to a point. He's a part of the international banking. Listen, he's going to be fully and absolutely on board with digital currency and world banking. Watch it. Mark my words. He will be completely for it, and he will convince you that it's a good thing. He is there to do that. He's there to bring us into this new age. I don't think people understand this, Sean. I don't even think they see it. They're just so blinded by the fact that they think that the media is crucifying him, so they have to vote for him. They're doing it on purpose. They're creating a martyr. Get your butt cheeks tight. Get them tight today. And here we go more, right? I've said this before, but Jeff Zucker, who was running CNN uh, during the 2016 election, where they were supposedly going hard at Trump, right? And that's why he's a a good guy and they're smearing him because the media lies, which you all know the media lies. That's their job is to lie to us and misdirect us. But he was the producer of The Apprentice. It's like, okay, so they're buddies, right? Then they go, oh, Fox hates him. And uh, Rupert Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch owns Fox. In 2016, Trump welcomed uh, Rupert Murdoch and his wife. Uh, His wife, his ex-wife actually, Chinese-born Wendy Dang. And they're also close to Ivana and, uh, uh, and Jared Kushner. You know what I mean? Then now, who bought CNN? Billionaire Trump donor John Malone, who owns Discovery Channel. So how is he not in these circles? Like, we've already just established all these powerful people that he's connected to. Some, or which are wrought irons, right? Like, it's, a, it's like running outside, hugging a tree in a lightning storm when you talk, bring up the Rockefellers and Rothschilds. Uh, also, Ivana Trunk had an affair with the Rothschild. Right. So this is deeper than what people are allowing. And, you know, I, I can't find it anymore. I did at one point have it, um, and I don't know if it was fake, but there was a lot of rumors that Ivana, Ivanka Trump, Ivana Trump, my bad, was on the World Economic Forum Young Global Leaders. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I don't know because they do throw people on there. And I I could see them throwing people on there to throw us off. Take that away. Sleeping with a Rothschild? Like, if me and you were hanging out with a Rothschild, everybody would be like, oh, see? Controlled up, told you. See? No, no, for sure. And here's the thing. You have to look at the company you keep. And that's the one thing that I always hold near and dear to me. People can change. I completely get down with that. And I agree with that. I saw some people uh, bashing Larry Johnson the other day. They were like, huh, you were running in with touchdowns, throwing up the, the eye in the pyramid. And it's like, yeah, but you can also get away from that. I know personally from being a Freemason and stepping away from all that stuff, I know you can change. I know, I know people can change. But when you're consistently still 
still working for these people. Your companies are still ran by these people behind the scenes. You bought in a long time ago. You didn't get out. You, this was part of the plan. I think in the 80s, they had plans for him to run for president. I think this was set in stone that they knew that he was the perfect candidate. They just needed the right time. They knew. Well, I think they wanted to run it, right? But what got in their way was George W. Bush. I mean, George H.W. Bush, because he really wanted it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think at that time they were like, let's hold it back because they were preparing him to be that guy. And then they found Clinton. And then I think like they were like, you know what? Let's let let's let Clinton go because nobody liked George Sr., bro. <laughs> like just just seeing his face, everybody's like, get out of here, man. Like nobody wanted him. We knew he was uh, not necessarily everybody knew that he was a piece of shit, which he was. Cause he, you know, starting wars and stuff. But like you said, his company now, um, you appointed Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock to advise the federal reserve. He loves the federal reserve. He loves printing money, which he showed. He printed money like crazy. He signed off. You know, you want to blame Democrats fine by me. You want to blame Republicans fine by me, but let's call it like it is in 2020. The largest transfer of human wealth in the history of humanity was signed, was, was passed over by all of them, Democrats, Republicans alike. But it was signed, the legislation was signed by Donald J. Trump. Yes. How come he doesn't get held accountable for that? And I think that's a perfect segue into some of these memorandums, some of these bills that he signed when he was in office that no one talks about. Let's just talk about Bill Barr to start with, who served as attorney general under the administration of President Donald Trump. Let's talk about the memorandum that he pushed for law enforcement agencies to implement a new national disruption and early engagement program aimed at detecting potential mass shooters before they commit any crime. This is Minority Report. This is what he was pushing. Listen to this. The Attorney General further described the coming initiative slated to be implemented early next year as an effect, efficient, effective, and programmatic strategy to disrupt individuals who are mobilizing towards violence by all lawful means. But the best part is, when you're reading through this, Sean, it's super vague. But the DOJ, the FBI, the CIA, all of them were given direction from Barr in these documents on how to do it. Matter of fact, they modeled the entire memorandum around the terrorist threats that happened post 9-11, or what they said was the war on terror. That was the foundation for the early engagement tactics that they're using. Listen, and I say using, this was in 2019. This is when Trump was still in office. He signed off on this. Trump is signing off on this stuff. Before coronavirus, too. So Before. you can't blame it on the, on like, the hey, the world's in chaos. In there. So they give this dude a pass. Um, to me, I've said it for a while now, and I think I've even told you before. Like I've said it so many times. I've made, I've lost a few, not friends, but people I kind of knew. They kind of got mad because they didn't know what I meant. I said, man, Trump is just a Republican red, or you could call him the white Obama. 
It's the same thing. He's the flip side. Now, it doesn't mean they're exactly alike, but like you were saying earlier, they're slick talkers. They get, they're charismatic, but people defend them so crazy with no matter what you say. Like if you go, hey, Operation Fast and Furious, everybody, the Obama, let's not talk about that, right? Because you voted for a character. You didn't see what he's actually doing. And then people are like, he even kind of mentioned it a little bit. And I don't know if it was a slip up when he was talking to Tucker, when he was talking about Salmani. Remember he was like, us, yeah, I mean, we got, that was us. And I'm like, hmm, now it's starting to like, what were you really starting? Because everybody was like praising him that he was not, you know, hey, he's the, he had, he didn't start a war, but he was bombing Syria. You know what I mean? Don't forget that. Like, but he didn't start a war and you could, there could be an argument to say, hey, that was, uh, you know, the previous administration maybe had already stuff sewed up and it was still going. It's hard to stop a conflict. But there's multiple other things. Like one of the executive orders that I saw was the 31887, modernizing influenza vaccines in the United States to promote national security and public health. September 19th, 2019. Now, is he just, just signing stuff? Is he just, are we supposed to give him a pass? Like, oh, he didn't know Barr was bad. He didn't know Bolton was bad. He didn't know it was ex-CIA. He didn't, well, then he's a buffoon. Or, more than likely, he knows what's going on. Check this out. So in, in that modernizing influence of vaccines in the United States to promote national security and public health, which was signed September 19th, 2019, this executive order that Trump signed that you just said, Sean, this is part of it. Within 120 days of the date of this order, the task force shall submit a report to the president through the assistant to the president for national security affairs, the assistant to the president for domestic policy, the director of the office of management and budget, and the director of office of science and technology policy. The report shall include a five-year national plan to promote the use of more agile and scalable vaccine manufacturing technologies and to accelerate development of vaccines that protect against many or all influenza viruses. That's just one of the many things that he signed off in that executive order. So basically, before coronavirus even hits, he has signed an executive order to help the manufacturing of technologies and accelerate the development of vaccines. Hello, Operation Warp Speed was already signed off on. This was the executive order. <laughs> Got it. This is it. He's also a part of it. And, and then a month later is uh, uh, Event 201. Right. Literally, not even a month later. It's probably days later, a week or two. So... And supposedly, they, they've always liked to point back, remember, he used to tweet about, he's anti-vax, and look, I don't think anybody should be anti-vax necessarily. I think that we, when you bring that there should be different regulations and what should we look into, and I'm a big proponent of that, not everything has to be medicine. But if this dude is supposedly against the establishment and he's been against the vaccine, no, he was putting it into the process before coronavirus was a thing. Way before that, we heard that it hit China. Yeah, because we didn't even hear that until like, yeah, because we didn't even hear what, 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 because that tool won't, a lot of people didn't even, I personally didn't hear until like January, February uh, of 2020. So I, I was oblivious of that. 
And then when you started hearing the little chatters of, remember the end of February, that's when you started seeing the videos. He already knew about it. Listen, again, I'm going to say the date for people that don't believe me. And I'm going to have this executive order. You'll see the signature from Donald J. Trump. We will have it on the website. I'm going to have this on the website and some of these other executive orders. So when you're listening to this, you can literally go to killthemockingbirds.com and read the executive order and see his signature that he signed off on this. He signed off also in this executive order. Recommendations for encouraging nonprofit, academic, and private sector influence of vaccine innovation and recommendations for increasing influence of vaccination among the populations recommended by the CDC and for improving public understanding of influenza risk and informed influence of vaccine decision making. Again, this is a blanket word. This influenza word is blanketed. This is about vaccines. Quiet, quiet. About vaccines that he's supposedly against completely. Right, right. exactly. And this was again. I'm going to say the date again. If it's not reaching your skull cap, September 19th, 2019, Donald Trump signed this executive order to push the technological advancement and accelerated advancement and development of vaccines. If you don't believe me, go to the website and read it and see his signature. He did this. It was exactly almost a month later. The exercise event 201 was October 18th, 2019. Yes. And coronavirus is similar to influenza. They're, 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 that's what they were actually at this event 201. They were talking about influenza. And we got to watch out in the pipeline because I believe Trump is going to win the election. And they're already shutting down shit again. They're already mask mandates. There's uh, certain schools and stuff like that. And that's another thing that gets to wash his hands of. He was the president when things were being locked down. And I understand you could go, well, each state's different and this and that. Bro, it it was on his watch. He didn't let go of Anthony Fauci. Not just him. I'm not going to put it all on him because obviously Obama, Bush, like Fauci's been around forever. That's another element of why if he was for the people, when if he's like so anti-vax to where he thinks that like, you know, the schedule was fucked up now and Maybe some of it is leading to autism or having some kind of effects. He pushes this down everybody's throat, keeps Fauci, locks us down, then goes to warp speed. All of it. And people keep forgetting that Donald Trump pushed the vaccines out. He got them done. And guess what helped him do that? This executive order he signed in September of 2019. Because what it did was it helped develop these vaccines faster. That was the point of this. It, and, and it doesn't end there, Sean. He signed more executive orders. Everybody's on this whole AI thing. He signed an executive order December 3rd, 2020. This is right before he's out of office now. This is before he's passing the torch off to Joe Biden. An executive order on promoting the use of trustworthy artificial intelligence in the federal government in the federal government he signed off on this and again i'm gonna have this at killthemockingbirds.com 
If you guys don't believe me, go and read it and see his signature. He signed off on this. We're talking about AI, and we were just talking about Barr and how that they want to move into this Orwellian surveillance system. What better way to do it if you're integrating AI into the government, integrating AI into the federal government? He signed off on this. Oh, but he didn't know, man. He didn't know it was, he was <sighs> just signing stuff, man. You know what I mean? That's like where you get these stuff. So maybe that was the old Trump, right? Maybe he's on a new kick. Maybe he's going to help us more. Well, here's a clip. Uh, we're always going after like the WEF or Bill Gates or let, put the name, right? We just did a whole episode about Maui. And, and how they're trying to build, a, 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 on Lahaina, they're trying to build a smart prison. Well, we called it a smart prison, which what it is, in my opinion. Well, look at Trump. This was in March of this year, him promoting smart cities. Our objective will be a quantum leap in the American standard of living. That's what will happen. Here are just a few of the ways we can do it. Almost one-third of the land mass of the United States is owned by the federal government with just a very, very small portion of that land, just a fraction, one half of 1%. Would you believe that? We should hold a contest to charter up to 10 new cities and award them to the best proposals for development. In other words, we'll actually build new cities in our country again. These freedom cities will reopen the frontier reignite American imagination, and give hundreds of thousands of young people and other people, all hardworking families, a new shot at home ownership, and in fact, the American dream. Well, you know what they call this agenda, right? Agenda 47. Supposedly because, you know, he's uh, be the 47th president, but it's just funny he used that terminology when He's got to know. And I hate when he plays dumb like that. He'll, like the whole Epstein thing where he's like, what? who is that guy? Like, is that uh, an actor or something? Like, you know, what I mean? like, you're like, you know who the fuck Jeffrey Epstein is? Agenda 2030, man. They all know about it, too. And then it's called Agenda 47. And he's talking about using federal land to make 15-minute cities for people that can't afford homes. Because, you know, we need new innovation. Who would own that land? Well, we know who'd own the land. It would be the state and, in essence, the government that would own it. And how do you get to live in these 15-minute cities? Well, you have to abide by the rules of the 15-minute cities. You're probably going to have have some sort of digital ID, whatever that innovation is at that point, too. You're going to be stuck into that 15-minute radius. And is that just going to be a prison? Is that what they're creating, 15-minute prisons? That's what I think they more or less are. I don't think they're 15-minute cities. Or 15 minute prisons and Donald Trump's pushing it. How is nobody seeing this stuff, Sean? Like, I, I wake up every day and I walk outside and I see people bowing down with a nice, shiny dress on. People bowing down to the, the idol of Donald Trump. It never stops. Yeah, well, we kind of got it wrong. I said 15 minute cities, it was Freedom, Freedom Cities. <laughs> That's what he called him. And he's rebranding it. And how do people not see that he's using propaganda? That's how you get people. Hey, man, let's rebrand it. We need 15-minute cities. What's a great name for Republicans, for conservatives that love their country, nationalists? Call Freedom City. 
freedom cities, which is insane because it's the complete opposite of that. They're prison cities. But, Sean, just to stay on the whole executive orders, we've got 1387.4, modernizing the regulatory framework for agricultural biotechnology products. Recent advances in biotechnology have the potential to revolutionize agriculture and thereby enhance rural prosperity and improve the quality of American lives. Biotechnology can help the nation meet its food production needs, raise the productivity of the American farmer, improve crop and animal characteristics, increase the nutritional value of crop and animal products, and enhance food safety. Whoa, 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 whoa. So what are we really talking about here? Like, what are they really trying to push here? Seems to me like they're pushing transgenics. It seems to me that they're talking about genetically modifying animals, genetically modifying plants, seeds, but it's here to help the farmer. It's here to help the American. Did you see how it was worded? Did you they see always word it that way. It's always, it's always to help the working class, man. We're here for the people. And guess what, everybody? He signed this one, too. It'll be on the website. You can go to the website and see his signature. He signed off on this. While you guys are screaming and rail against Joe Biden for doing the same thing. They're both doing the same thing. It's craziness. When we say two wings, same bird, it's not just a joke. Uh, we may laugh or people laugh when they say that, but it's the absolute truth. Dude is signing the same exact stuff that Sleepy Joe is doing, but because he's more charismatic and puts a different spin to it, you like it. If the name was Bill Gates behind what you just said, everybody would be up in arms. And for the, because we're going to start shifting pretty soon into some nice occult stuff, because I know there's people on the edge of their seats like, what's he involved with? Well, definitely, I got some stuff for you guys. Relax. But uh, to kind of shift, move into that, we're talking about this transgenics. Uh, even the Bible talks about transgenics. Leviticus 19.19, 19, you shall keep my statutes. Thou shalt not let thy cattle gender with a diverse kind. Thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seeds. So when you start breaking it down in the Hebrew, it's talking about DNA manipulation of even plants. God didn't want us doing that. He gave it to us the way it was supposed to be. All this genetic modification, all these things are harmful to our bodies. And Trump's pushing it. This Christian, quote unquote, that you follow is pushing something that is not biblical on top of it. Oh, and I wish I had. Oh, man. Sometimes when you're, we're digging stuff up, especially because there's so much that goes on in the day to day. I had this old clip and people used to like get mad because I would post it. But he talks about like he's talking down on the Bible. There's some clips of him really taking the Bible back. But also to go back to the food stuff. uh, uh why is he always pushing fast food? They're like, oh, he likes fast food. It's like the worst thing for us as a human being. And you know damn well he doesn't eat that as much. As, like, I'm not saying he never eats it. I'm sure he eats it every now and then. But the way he promotes it, like when the football teams came to go get a buffet with Trump, it was nothing but fast food. Some of the most GMOs, some of the worst things for our hearts, uh, our, our blood pressures, you name it, man. They, they, they are killing us. And we always see people talking about that killing us. Uh, not to go on too much of a little bit tangent off subject, but I had saw because I, I trust me, me and Joel are going to take down again. I know you got a little bit out of him, but Tate, Andrew Tate, 
uh, we're going to do a takedown of him too because there's a lot to say about him. But anyways, the reason I bring him up is because recently, a couple weeks ago, he was like, huh, all you guys talking about seed oil, man. Stop being a pussy and blah, blah. Like, bro, these are literally things that people are dying from. Yes. And you're acting as if these are normal and like, oh, Donald Trump eats McDonald's and he drinks a Diet Coke. And Diet Coke's like the worst with that, uh, I don't know if it's acetone or whatever the hell is in it. That's that's been proven to kill people that the WHO have put it on a danger list. And then, you know, the corporations had talked to them and be like, hey, you might want to take that off the list, man. We we kind of have that in everything. And Heinz ketchup, for instance, uh, which he's connected to, and he probably eats it on his. Oh, that's why I forgot. That's why my brother hates Trump. So he does. I forgot because Trump eats. He found out he was going to vote for Trump. He was like, yeah, I think he's doing good for us. But then he found out he eats his steak with ketchup. And he was like, I can't have a president that eats his steak with ketchup. He was, he couldn't have it. But what's in ketchup? Uh, high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. He's promoting all the worst things for us. And I kind of find that to be bullshit. And I don't think it's as prevalent. Maybe he does eat all the time. I don't know him. But it's just like, why is that a good promotion for people? And then he's going to call Doug Christie fat, which is kind of funny when he says that. But... You are contributing to that. Yeah, for sure. And I think maybe just at the the optics, right? Um, I remember when Clemson won that national championship and he served up all McDonald's. It was a big deal, too. Like, why is he doing this? Like, this is awful. Like, why would you be doing this, man? But, uh, yeah, I I think that we can start moving to some weirder stuff. And Jeffrey Epstein is a really good place to start. And I know everybody always hates it. All these Trump lovers hate it when you bring up Jeffrey Epstein. But there's so many pictures of them together, hanging out with women all around them. Like, come on, guys. Like, you just can't keep overlooking this stuff. You can't keep saying that it doesn't matter when it does. And one of the women who called Trump out in 1996 her and her sister went to the FBI to go against Jeffrey Epstein, called out Bill Clinton, called out Donald Trump as being men who sexually assaulted them. Her sister, who was underage, Annie Farmer and Marie Farmer. Marie Farmer was actually a painter. and. Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell took them in or took her in and kind of tricked them. It was like, hey, you can paint here. You know, we got these luxury estates, you know, probably some sort of, you, you know, how people with a lot of money are. They're like, hey, you're an artist, you're a uh, uh, struggling artist. We'll let you live here. Uh, do your art because we love it and we can help promote it, right? We've got all of our rich friends. Well, what ended up happening was, they end up getting molested first by Ghislaine and uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Then she found out later that her 16-year-old sister uh, was getting molested by Epstein at his ranch in New Mexico. So they contacted the New York Police Department. They went to the FBI. They shared everything they knew. They had a parade of young women that they actually brought their names to the FBI as well, said Donald Trump was involved said that Bill Clinton was also involved and brought up Jeffrey Epstein. And we're going to play the clip for you now. We actually played the clip for the first time last year when we did Merkel on Cut, but we never did a full breakdown on 
Marie Farmer. And I wanted to do that and then play the clip and then us talk about it because no one knows about this clip for the most part. Nobody cares about it when they hear it. And they quickly, quickly say that she's lying if they're Trump lovers. Well, how can you say she's lying? But yet when other women come out against the people you don't like, they're not lying. They're not lying. Well, that doesn't make we got any the sense. receipts. We got the receipts. We got the receipts today, baby. Booyah, dog. And I knocked on Andy's door and I said, how did you let my sister and I be trafficked? I didn't know about the word trafficking. I said stolen, you know, so that's what the women at the maids had said. And I said, how, how did you let it be that we were stolen? And these photographs of my sisters were stolen. And right there, that's, you know, I told the FBI. So that's trafficking of two people and, and child porn. The FBI knew this in 1996. That's life in prison. There's no excuse for this. They also knew it involved Donald Trump and the sitting president, okay, Bill Clinton. They were very well aware of this. Drop the mic. All right. That's a mic drop right there, baby. Brat! 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 And I think that people want to find these heroes. And like uh, I suggest, uh, I think I sent it to you, but way late. Uh, and I've told you about it before, but definitely should check out James Corbett. He has a little like 40 minute documentary called Hopium. You should definitely check that out because it's not just Trump. We're not just trying to like pick apart Trump just to piss you off or to try to get you to go against us. We're in our opinions, like I vote. But my vote is, uh, uh, what's it called? Like a protest vote, right? Just to be like, hey, I'm voting for the Democrat or Republican. It's like a protest vote in hopes that maybe one day we could get rid of this two-party system. Joel doesn't vote because he's, we pretty much believe the same thing, that presidents are selected, not elected. And he sees no purpose in even doing that protest, which I don't have a problem with either way. But... It's not about just taking Trump down and being like, yeah, it's it's not a victory lap. I'm not proud to, for, to have a president that sucks. Just like I'm not proud of Biden. I'm not proud of George W. Bush, uh, Obama, so on and so forth. We're just showing these similar patterns that if it was a different name, you, we just showed you evidence. If, if it was just Clinton, I bet you everybody would run with it. If it didn't have the name Donald Trump in it, the right, the conservatives, the MAGA crowd would run crazy with that clip. Absolutely. That clip right there would have gone nuclear. And matter of fact, if I remember it correctly, uh, Tony Merkel posted this on Twitter and absolutely got destroyed by the right. And they all said, uh, they did that, that smug. Oh, uh, yeah, she's lying. Like, of course, they want this out there right now to make him look bad. And it's like, well, she didn't say just Donald Trump. Like, maybe I would get your point. If she came out absolutely tearing down Trump and only Trump, she literally brought up a Democrat, a high ranking Democrat as well. It, she why, up, if, why? if CNN hates him and, and, and the media hates him, how come they're not playing this clip? Right. Why are they not playing the clip? Hey, I'll why tell you why. Why is it why. so hard to find? <laughs> why is the clip hard to find? And why when they want to play it, I'll tell you why. It's got Bill Clinton's name in it too. What that does is it starts connecting the dots for people. They don't want to see that Donald Trump and Bill Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein were all hanging out together. Oh, wait a minute. The right and the left, they're friends behind the scenes. They don't really care about us. It's not really a two-party system. It's just a bunch of fakery and lies. Yes, that's what we're here to tell you. This is what really irks me more than anything. 
when we do breakdowns on Donald Trump and people immediately say that we vote for Biden. Well, why, why are we voting? Like, again, Sean just broke it down to you how we think. Like, I don't agree that Joe Biden's good at all. He's awful. But so's Donald Trump. They both can be awful at the same time. And I'm sick of the tired trope of I'm voting for the lesser of two evils. You are still voting for evil. If you say that, you still are. You're making a conscious choice to go in and vote for evil. And I don't even think it matters. I think they get in who they want to get in, and that's how they operate it. Well, I think they get in, and personally, I think they use the media to dictate how they get it. I don't think that it's all just just cheating. I'm not saying there's no cheating. I'm sure there's plenty of that. But I think a lot of it is in getting the public's opinion nudge theory, like or hate somebody. Yeah, the nudge theory. And and the way they do it now is so... So many people are used to the old patterns of like, oh, well, they're lifting them up. They must want us. But now they've noticed society has changed. So they go, let's attack them. Then it's in their subconscious. You're constantly Trump, 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 Trump. Plus, then you ignite another side because that is how you keep the working class divided. Because the other side is now batshit crazy. Like, I just seen, like, I'm just scrolling through Twitter right now as we're talking because, you know, the mugshot's out, baby. Everybody's posting the mugshot's finally out. And Mad Cow, you know, from MSNBC, uh, uh, whatever, I forgot her stupid first name, Rachel. <laughs> Mad Cow is like, it's like Christmas Day. Why? What is does What benefit do you get out of this situation? I'll tell you of the him benefit. going to jail. The benefit is she works for the Mockingbird Media. She's told to do this. She doesn't care one way or the other. I don't think she personally has a, a bone to pick in the fight. She knows by her. This is what people need to understand. Psychological operations. Sean, you and I talk about psyops all the time. All the time we talk about psyops. A psychological operation is built on how to trick people. That's the whole point. You give them one thing and they think it's one thing, but you're actually doing something else. So by them attacking Trump, they're actually getting you to vote for Trump. That's how that works. I don't think people understand that. I don't think people really understand how psyops work. Take it as the concept of like when you're working somewhere and maybe you're the lead of like, say, shipping, right? The shipping department, you're the lead. Now, how are, one way that people use this, you see this tactic in a lot of workplaces to unify that shipping area you find a common enemy. And sometimes that's a manager or something, right? Manager's kind of a dick. So we go, man, fuck that guy. Now everybody is like, oh, you hate him too. Let's unify over that. It's the same thing that happens in politics. And they keep them to their sides. And as we said in the beginning, we saw this dwindling down. And I'm sure the Mockingbird media, um, the elites, fill in the blank of every mafia of these pieces of shit that that are coming around right this right here is just another case of divide and conquer putting in these false idols for one side because that's why it's perfect with obama and trump the reason i compare them as well is because you get that double-sided two-face uh uh where you're like oh to one side he's a hero and to the other side he's a, a villain to one side he's a god to the other side he's a devil No, absolutely, man. And speaking of the devil, (laughs) WikiLeaks, I don't know if you remember this, they came out 
with some disclosures, and they were kind of the first to come out and say Trump is the son of Satan, um, which I don't believe, but I do think he, he's involved with fallen entities and everything else behind the scenes, whether he knows it or not, but he is. Um, but he did actually play into it by tweeting, it's true, Satan's my biological dad, can't wait to meet him, heard he's a great guy. Trump also tweeted out Satan's a great leader, unlike what we have in this country, which I thought was very telling because I get it that people will see that and say, oh, he's just joking around, but why joke like that? Why, if you are a conservative Christian, at least what you're pushing in the media right now, why would that be something you would put in as a tweet, especially the second one? saying that Satan's a great leader. Are you telling us something that we don't know? It, it could be a bad joke, but I'm with you. Like, if why is it okay for your moral compass? If that was anybody else saying that, you'd be like, I'm not voting for that guy. Why is it okay for one, but not for the other? Exactly. And let's talk about during this Tucker interview. And this isn't the first time he's done this, but why is he putting his hands together in the by the pyramid the entire time? And I'm going to break down what that symbol is because everybody, I just said the eye of the pyramid because people know when I say that, oh, yeah, his hands on like a triangle. Uh, the entire interview, by the way, I want you, I encourage you guys to go watch it just for that. Maybe watch five minutes and be like, man, he's got his hands like that for a long time. He actually does that a lot. Um, another guy that's known to do that a lot is, is your good buddy. You just said Tate. Andrew Tate does that a whole lot too. And he says he does it because it's a mudra. It's the Atatabodhi Mudra and what it's supposed to do. It's Hindu. And when you shape your hands in a triangular-like angle, it gets your, quote-unquote, neurons flowing. And even weirder, Tay even says he uses it to increase his powers. And if you talk to anybody that knows anything about these Mudras, you got, like, the Gayan Mudra, which, if you know what that is, that is the 666 when you always see where they throw it over their eyes, but you see it in meditation where they've got them laid out. It's the same thing. It's to help with insight, concentration, knowledge building, memory, improve focus. At least that's on like the, the helpful side, right? That's what they say on the helpful side of it. But these symbols all have very deep meanings in the occult. And Trump does that all the time. So my question is, what's he doing? What neurons is he getting flowing what powers is he increasing when he's doing these things during these interviews what symbolism is he throwing out to whoever else is watching we know that he works for the rockefellers we know that he works for the rothschilds this isn't even in question this isn't even something that you have to look that hard into we already broke it down for you earlier but feel free to go dig yourself and you will find it it's not hard to find he bought a company from them. They allowed him to do it for 93% because they wanted him to be the face, the focal point, because he was a good selling point. How about this, Sean? Trump wrote a book called Trump, The Way to the Top, The Best Business Advice I Ever Received. That was like his autobiography slash self-help book that he put out years ago. There's a line in that book. One day with my Kabbalah teacher, Iatin Yardini asked how I was doing. That's all he said, but he talks about he was being trained in the Kabbalah since he was a kid. He went to school for it. Well, we know we know what the Kabbalah is. It's a mystical Jewish teaching. There is a lot of occult rituals that go on with that. Matter of fact, his ex-wife 
His ex-wife posed for a Kabbalah book by Yehuda Berg called The Red String Book, The Power of Protection. It's supposed to reveal the secrets of the world's oldest and most powerful wisdom. Check this out. This book is supposed to break down the secrets of technology for the soul. What? Technology for the soul and his ex-wife Marla Maples is stripped down naked except for the red string on her in a huge billboard in New York City Times for it. This is back in 04. See, today, guys, we're going backwards for you because we want you to see what he's been involved with, what the people around him have been involved with since the beginning. And the red string in Kabbalah, for people that don't know, it's a type of talisman. In Jew- it's a Jewish folk custom in the mystical side. It's not in the Torah. So that's the thing that people always bring up. They're like, well, this Kabbalistic theory is only in the Kabbalah, and they wear it on what? The left wrist. So we all know about, about the left hand, the occult. It's knotted seven times, which is the symbol for God, but that's, that is also used for Jacob's ladder, seven heavens. It's also in Hindu, in the Kabbalah. So we're also mixing a bunch of different religions when it comes to this red string. But check this out. In the 1990s, there were a bunch of celebrities that jumped on board too. Madonna, Leonardo DiCaprio, Michael Jackson, Ariana Grande later on are all rocking this red string around their left wrist because they're involved with the Kabbalah. We know that Madonna's been involved with the Kabbalah. She speaks on it. She speaks on the mystic wisdom that she's gotten from it. But it gets even further. The Kabbalistic red string also represents an allegiance to the sacred goddess via worship of Rachel, the matriarch of the nation of Israel. Now, this is, this is very similar to the way the Catholic Church implements Mary as a goddess as well. They, they, they implement them that you pray to them too. Instead of just praying to God, you have to outsource to them first, then get to God. Kind of like the priest does. I, I push back a little bit on that, man. Cause like, I, I mean, I grew up in a Catholic church and like, I, I, I think that's like, it's propaganda. Like, I don't think people really think that like it, it, well, it's not necessarily propaganda. It's like perception. Right. I think like, dictating how someone should do something, but like, that's just my own piece, but I'll add a little bit more onto you. Cause you say Catholic kind of also reminded me, Eric Trump, Ivanka Trump, Donnie Jr. All went to Jesuit colleges. Yeah, they all did. of them. All of them did. All that, three of them. And that all plays into this Kabbalah. Now, I, and listen, I get what you're saying. I don't think that people go into, and I've had a lot of friends that are Catholics. I've been to quite a few Catholic churches. It's just too. a pushback. And, and I understand why people think that as well. And I'm sure that there is people that wrap themselves up. I just give a little push. Yeah, I give a little pushback. We can't always agree, bro. No, no, I totally agree. <laughs> and, and I see what you're saying. Um, but let's just, let's just, for argument's sake. For this sake of argument, I'm with you. The Rachel is this mother of Israel. You got Mary, this mother of the Roman church. Now, those two things we can agree on because she is considered the mother of the Roman church. So you've got this mirror image here, um, which you, you tend to see in a lot of religions. But then you start digging into the superstitious practices and you start talking about what this actually the red string is from this Rachel, this mother of Israel, and it goes into the Amori, 
and the Amori are the ways of the Amorites. The Amorites are Nephilim, baby. That's what they are. The Amorites are Nephilim. <laughs> the, nef- the Nephilim. So it's all integrated. Hey, this the audience whole is- Kabbalah is built on the tent. <laughs> he did it, built- This whole Kabbalah religion is built on the tenets of the Darky or the Amori is what they call it. And in Amos 2.9, yet I destroyed the Amorite before them, whose height was like the height of cedars, and he was strong as the oaks. Yet I destroyed his fruit from above and his roots from beneath. So we know they were giants. We know they were Raphaim. We know they were Nephilim. We know that this, this mystical occult power seems to just dictate religion after religion, after pagan practice after pagan practice. But here we are with this red string that is directly tied to the Amorites, directly tied to the Nephilim, and directly tied to Trump. I loved it because you were like, you don't even know how I'm going to, I would not, he didn't even tell me how he's going to tie it in. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even know. <laughs> I, I'm learning right now, just like everybody else listening. But if it was just that, right? If it was just that, or just the Catholic thing, or just the Jesuit thing, or just the Rothschild, like some of these alone get you guilty. But you have this combination, this pattern. It's, it, it's this constant pattern of the people you're hanging out with, the things that you're doing. And if it was anybody else, you change that name. It's everywhere. We're not hearing this on CNN. All we hear on CNN is, oh, Trump's a racist. I, I forgot to get this one clip. There's an SNL when uh, I think Trump was on SNL in 2014 or 2015, right? Right before his, uh, the election, really, like close. And you hear somebody in the background going, Trump's a racist. Trump's a racist. And it's Larry David. And he's like, who is that? And he's like, oh, Larry David. And he's like, man, why are you telling people like that? And he's like, ah, they paid me to do it. And he's like, I get it. Got to get that money kind of thing. Right? I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But I thought that was funny that they're soft peddling it like uh, one of those clones, uh, uh, those J clones would say, the, the soft disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a little bit of that. I think it was like preparing us again for this leap and they were like telling signaling to the other side. Cause by that time the SNL had gone completely left. Like they've always been left, but I mean this new woke crazy. Like I remember me and my brother were talking about a couple weeks ago. We remember we were just turned on SNL. We we're just like, ah, let's check it out. It was like late night having a couple beers after watching some stuff. And it was after the election. And that one chick, I forgot her name. She just started crying and we're like, okay, any moment it's gonna, it's gonna switch, right? It's gonna make us laugh they were able to capture this moment of pinning people and calling Donald Trump a racist from the get-go. I was telling people, I don't know if he's a racist. May, um, he's an elitist for sure, but I don't know if he's like, I'm like, if you got money, he's cool with you. That's how I look at it as. And I hated from the get-go that the left, the woke left, this is why it was intentional. That's why you only hear certain things about Donald Trump. That's why you hear the bogus stuff. And you never hear the real dirt that, that could be used against him. You don't hear that because that would blow up the whole plan because then both sides don't like them. You got an enemy on one side. They were putting it out there in this in the ether of like, oh, Trump's a racist. And then a couple years later, then he started going on the Obama thing. And then the, the whole then when he said riggers. <laughs> Bro, that's that's the most ridiculous one of them all. I think the last thing I got, though, just to play off this uh, Kabbalistic approach here. Right before he gets 
voted in in 2016. Mark Zell, he was the chairman of the Republicans Overseas Israel. Uh, he's got limited knowledge of the Kabbalah, though, so he's not uh, religious in that aspect, um, even though he is an Israeli. He gets hit up by one of the top uh, Kabbalist rabbis. Now, they kept his name um, under wraps. They still haven't told anybody what his name is, but Zell has come out and talked about this. He said that he met with the rabbi, and the rabbi told him emphatically, Donald Trump will win the election and be the next president of the United States. He assured him that it would be a good thing for Israel and the United States. So he told Zell this, and Zell's like, oh, really? And he's like, how do you know this? He's like, this is what I do. This is what my family's done for generations. So he say, he's saying, entities told me that Donald Trump is getting an office. So, you, so you, again, here's more occult connections tied in to Donald Trump. And again, we gave you all the geopolitical early on. We gave you all the occult on the back end. We gave you the Epstein stuff in the middle. We've even got the receipts for it. If you're falling for it now, if you still fall for it, it's on you. We did everything we could for you. Yeah, that's about it. We, we showed what he signed into, into legislation. We saw the circle that besides just the Epstein with the Wilbur Rosses, the Rothschilds. Uh, the family tree, uh, the way they got their fortune. We didn't get too much into that because you could, I think that's all out there, but talking about his relationship with the Heinz family. And then just to top it off, his grandfather died of the Spanish flu. And it's just ironic because there's a hardcore conspiracy theorist out there that would say like viruses don't exist at all. Right. Right. Yet Trump still says it is, and they will be, cool with that and they'll praise him for that that's there's all this double standards for everybody else but i think really what we got to say is this game over new world order game over motherfuckers fuck you fauci fuck you gates fuck you klaus schwab fuck you rothschilds <laughs> game fuck over you donald trump <laughs> fuck you donald trump and sleepy joe fuck you too man oh he, he just he's not even I can't say fuck you to a clone, though. Like, I don't know how to do that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Which one, right? <laughs> I ain't got Listen enough earlobes for that. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully you did follow for the whole ride. I mean, I get it. Uh, I just don't like the polarization, the idolization of a human being. I mean, you should know, like, obviously, uh, Joel has said it through his music and through every podcast I think he's ever been on that he's, a devoted, devout Christian. I believe in God and I believe in Jesus Christ. I don't know if that makes me a Christian or not. I'm not. I don't claim any denomination or anything. Which I'm not saying Joe is all on that, but what you know what I mean. We see it differently than everybody else. We're not praising Joe Biden. We're not praising the woke left. But I will say, and I've been saying this quite a bit on Twitter, and sometimes it gets good reaction. Sometimes people just ignore it. I've said it for a while. MAGA is the woke left light, man. They're, they're so similar on how they react towards things and stop reacting. Just remember that these social media sites that we're arguing with each other on are psychological operations from the CIA, from Assad's, from different intel, DARPA. I mean, LifeLog, Facebook, let, let, let's realize what this is. And we called it out a while ago and it's coming to fruition. Elon Musk ain't no good. It, uh, X is going to turn into 
uh, uh, everything app. It's going to be your bank and all that. And that is why we go after these idols because people idolize them and put them on this pedestal. It's like that guy that his chick is just cheating on him. He's like, we're going to, that's my fiance. And you're like, bro, she blew half the fucking team. Like, don't marry her. And the guy won't listen. He's too proud. He's too rooted into it. Then he finds out and it's detrimental to the dude, right? When he finally realizes it, it's after he's been cleared out. It's after he has nothing left and he has to start all over. We're trying to stop that if possible. Yeah, we are. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure we, we cut our fan base in half today and we're okay with that. We're, we're okay if, if that's the case. We hope not. We hope people have critical minds and they can actually look into some of this stuff. Again, guys, I'm putting up these uh, documents on the website. You can go see where he signed off on these documents. You can read them in entirety. That's the kind of stuff we're putting on the website, guys. We're not just putting up a bunch of articles. We're putting up PDFs. We're putting up bills. We're putting up things that you can look into and actually glean tangible evidence from. you know what i mean right actual evidence that you can show others and and in this podcast we dropped some receipts left and right we were dropping receipts so if anybody talks for trump and you're trying to explain to them how he's not but you don't have a good way of wording it hey just shoot him the podcast let them get their cheeks tight let them get all tightened up we're here yeah, for definitely it. share this one, man. And and be prepared because we know it's going to be a crazy election cycle. Don't worry. We're not done, man. There's a lot more people we're going to be airing now. And I think especially starting next year, you know, once we get this cycle going, there's a lot more. Plus, we're revving the engines up. I mean, we got ginger snaps. We got conspiracy gangs. We got floating mushrooms. We got shadow band syndicate. And we got killed the mockingbirds. So we're not good. We're attacking from all angles, man. Whether it's spiritually, news, paranormal, conspiracy, we're on it. And we're always going to use our critical mind. And we're able to push each other back. Like I just pushed a little bit back off. Like right now, we're talking. That is the purpose. Nobody got mad. Jordan go, oh, I'm t- turning off this podcast now. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is people like that nowadays, man. It's it's sad, but it's true. And you know where you can find this podcast, though, because it's not going to be on Apple and, and Spotify forever. Why it is on Apple and Spotify, look, up, look us up. Five-star review. And if you don't want to use a legacy media app, go straight to killthemockingbirds.com. Go to the menu, click podcast. And honestly, because I was uploading the other day, I think it was for the Maui episode, I checked. It was on killthemockingbirds.com before any other streaming platform site. So as soon as it gets there on, on, on what we, our distributor, immediately it goes to the website. And if you want to hear us live, go to this website, 40 and Airways, October 6th, 7th, and 8th. Hello? Hey, Jen. How? Listen, Joel. Before you start going into what I know you're going into. What do you mean? Listen, Joel, that weekend we had Underground in Agartha was super special. Yeah, it really was. The home of our kind, the Nephilim. 
What a sight to behold, and having you there with me made it even more special, Jen. That's what I want to talk about, Joel. The way we rode those ships to the surface from underneath the ocean and circled the Earth while we cuddled in the cockpit. <laughs> I know Mordax probably felt a little uncomfortable, although it is a little hard to tell his emotions through those giant black eyes and gray skin. Joel! Sorry, what, Jen? It's over. I... I don't understand. It's not you, it's me. Don't give me that line, Jen. I know what we have is special. Think about what you said to me as the sun rose inside the earth that one morning. And I meant it, Joel. You convinced me after all these months that you were worth taking a shot on. Then I don't understand the problem. I have too much going on, Joel. You know my job and my responsibilities. But we're past all that, remember? You were the one past that, Joel. What? What are you saying, Jen? Goodbye, Joel. But Jen... <sighs> yeah, and Sean, you you know, you had the unfortunate uh, thing to hear my call to Jen earlier. Um, just so everybody knows, uh, I'm on the search for the new Ginger. I'm on the search. It's got to be upper tier elite, elite Ginger. Because, you know, we're making an elite Nephilim. Top tier bloodline. Top tier bloodline. That's all I'm looking for. You know, Jen and I had a thing. And you heard the phone call. You know, I'm sorry you guys had to hear that. I had to pick it up right before this episode started. Um, But I am looking for an elite ginger. Like pure pale skin. Like that elite blood of ISIS. Because we create those Nephilim taking over the world, man. Donald Trump be damned. And I think we're going to go out again, man. I want to go out again with the lights out, man. I mean, lights off. <laughs> yeah, man, man, of course I'm messing with the song. What is it? Lights off, right? <laughs> lights lights off. off. From the Van Tessa to Joel Thomas, Sean Chris. Quan Duke. <laughs> I had a brain freeze for a second. I'll cut all that out. So definitely go. Uh, let, let me just start all over. I want to end this off with lights off. From Van Tesla to Joel Thomas, Quan Duke, Sean Chris. Because I think that's perfect. We kind of like hit all angles on that. And uh, bump all the music, man. And don't forget to go check out uh, Joel's new project, The Shape of Shadows. The soundtrack to The Shape of Shadows, which is on all music streaming platforms. And you probably have already heard our song, 30 Hours to Utah. But it is jammed full of music. Go now. It's going to be in the links bottom. Right there. I wish you could see me. I'm pointing down. Go check it out. You know how we do it here. Wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. Brat. Brat. Bird killers. Man, he came up in church learning Jesus. But the questions that he had, they gave no reasons. Just told him to have faith or he's a heathen. But he just felt a piece Now he out of school. He on his own, away from everybody with a cross, a corresponding road. Professors at his college give him answers to the thoughts he couldn't get when he was growing up. All these religions and he's told they come from some earth. And now he feels confused, he don't know what to do And now he's looking for an outlet for his battery For his soul 
Shells at Kroger, lights up a marble red, fresh cup of Folgers. The weight of the world on its shoulders, surrounded by woke vultures, pushing pronouns and cancel culture. Anonymous chat boards got them feeling bolder. John Doe and Liz becoming a digital soldier. Cognitive infiltration, false idol enclosure. Algorithm warfare, fabricated disclosure. Conquering divide turns families into foe. Placing politicians on an elitist plateau. Instead of finding solutions, he just sitting at home. Bucket of popcorn, claiming he watching the show. They got the lights on, they want a reset. Scale, so we provision for the family. That's how I value. They cut the light. 